Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. You know, friends, there's a teaching of Jesus that's especially applicable to what's going on with Hamas and Israel. And he wants us, he commands us, he requires us to know our enemy, to understand the nature and strength of our enemy before we go into some kind of uh, uh, position, ideological or, or a battle or whatnot. He requires that we know what's going on. And this is a message for so many of us here in America, especially on the left side of the equation, that are really saying stupid things, uninformed things, we're going to get into some of that today. Welcome to Praying for America. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. And let's go into the Word of God as we always do. And then I'm going to show you a clip that pretty well summarizes what is going on here with uh, this, uh, these terrorist, uh, uh, terrorist monsters of Hamas. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, with the clip. But here's what I mean about what Jesus says. We've got to know, we've got to truly understand the situation that we're in. I'll read from Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 14, starting with um, verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross, his own cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let us pray. Lord, you teach us to understand the times that we are in and the battles in which we are engaged. You ask us, Lord, not to, not to pay more attention to our own thinking than we do to the objective circumstances in which we find ourselves. Not just to pay attention to what's going on in our own minds and hearts, but to understand the minds and hearts of those who set themselves against us. Lord, we ask for wisdom. And we ask, Lord God, that for all our fellow citizens, before they speak, they inform themselves 
May we conduct our affairs with your wisdom, because that, Lord God, is the only way to peace and indeed the only way to salvation. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. And I wanted to choose that passage, friends, and I want to show you this clip as a response to those who are naively saying, oh, well, why can't just the the, uh, Israelis and Palestinians just live together in peace? Uh, Maybe it's because the Palestinians are governed by a terrorist religious group that is defined by their hatred for the Jews. Maybe that's the reason. That peace hasn't worked over all these decades. Maybe the reason is, maybe the reason is that these Hamas-led people don't want peace. That their very existence is defined by hatred. Did we ever stop to consider that? I want to show you a clip here that's... um, Thanks uh, to over there to uh, Noah at uh, National Review. Summarizes things pretty well. And I don't want to follow that up with two questions that were asked the other day by Mark Levin on his commentary. And I just want to leave these two questions with you to use with your friends or relatives or co-workers or fellow believers who might be going down this path of saying, oh, well, come on, you know, uh, both sides have to act in peace. Again, it bears repeating, if Hamas lays down their arms, there won't be any more war. If Israel lays down their arms, there won't be any more Israel. You're not dealing with a symmetrical situation here. You're dealing with an asymmetry of hatred, an asymmetry of violence. You're dealing with a people here. You're dealing with a religious group, not a national group, Hamas, a religious terrorist group defined by their hatred for Israel and their desire to do, as they say, uh, a conquest from the river to the sea. That's the phrase they use, from the river to the sea, which means all of all of Israel. They just won't want to, This is not a land dispute. Again, I mean, and the reason I keep returning to this, and we've been talking about this now for several nights, but all the all the shows have, all the commentators and news shows and everything. Friends, I keep hearing people talking like this. Oh, but this is a land dispute. It's not a land dispute. These people aren't satisfied with a piece of land. What defines them is hatred for Jewish people, for for Israel, for the, the very existence of the state of Israel. It's what they want to eliminate. And Jesus said, if, you, if you're going to start to build a tower and you don't understand how much it costs, you're going to show yourself to be a fool. If you think you know your enemy and you don't know your enemy, you're going to be overcome by that enemy. We have to understand this hatred extends also to us. They hate us too. They want to establish a Muslim state, and anybody who's not a, a, a Muslim is considered an infidel. And their idea is kill the infidels. Unless we have an accurate understanding of this, then we're going to be tempted to think that Israel is in the wrong 
for wanting to once and for all eliminate Hamas. But eliminate Hamas is what they need to do. Let's watch this clip. And then I want to ask you, leave you with two questions that Mark Levin recently asked. Let's, let's take a look. There can be no more accommodations with Hamas. The Israeli government will occupy the Strip. They will liquidate the Hamas government. They will fight house to house, block by block. And it will be a difficult and bloody struggle. On Saturday, October 7th, a horde of invading Hamas terrorists cascaded across Israel's border and executed the worst act of genocidal mass murder against Jews since the Holocaust. They executed senior citizens at bus stops. They shot wildly into passing cars. They infiltrated an open-air concert and massacred hundreds of its fleeing attendees. They burned people alive in their homes. They walked from house to house, methodically assassinating everyone they could find. They cut the throats of civilians, raped young women and girls, and slaughtered whole families. They filmed parents soaked in the blood of their own children as they begged for the lives of their surviving young. They paraded the mutilated bodies of their victims before cheering crowds of onlookers in Gaza. The attackers took hostages, citizens from all over the world, including Americans, and they threatened to execute them on camera if their unacceptable demands go unmet. The Israeli Defense Forces face an untenable situation in Gaza. Let's back up. In 2005, Israel pulled every last Israeli out of Gaza and left it to the Gazans to govern themselves. In 2006, the Gazans elected Hamas, and there hasn't been a free and fair election since. The Israeli Defense Forces have done everything they could to avoid reoccupying the Gaza Strip. In 2006, 2008, 2012, 2014, 2018, and 2021, the Israeli government executed limited strikes on targets inside Gaza in order to avoid a full-scale incursion and only in response to terrorist events of a much smaller scale than the one that was executed on October 7th. If past this prologue, the world's patience for Israel's absolute right to self-defense will wane quickly. Pressure will be brought to bear on the Israeli government to wrap up whatever operations they're engaged in, whether or not they've achieved their strategic objectives. That cannot be allowed to happen. Israel's allies must summon the resolve to allow them to do what they need to do. The Israeli government cannot tolerate the existence of a terrorist government on its borders, which has just taken the lives of 1,300 of its citizens and wounded 3,000 more. To accept the perpetuation of the Hamas government is to resign itself to a series of miniature holocausts on a semi-regular basis. No government on earth would be asked to tolerate such conditions, and we cannot ask it of Israel. The war that Israel is waging in Gaza is not Israel's alone. When Hamas terrorists Hezbollah mercenaries and the Iranian government chant death to America after they've killed Israeli citizens, they are not confused. These entities and their government sponsors understand that Israel and America have shared objectives. What's more, the anti-American actors in this region have support from all over the globe from the world's anti-American regimes. Iran provides Moscow with weapons that it uses on Ukraine's battlefields. Moscow welcomes high-level delegations of Hamas militants because they both share the same goal putting an end to the age of American dominance. China, too, supports Moscow's mission in Ukraine, as it does Iran. China is Iran's primary trading partner and provides it with roughly a quarter of its weapons imports. China recently engineered a rapprochement between Iran and Saudi Arabia, a reconciliation between these two longtime adversaries in order to isolate Israel and the United States. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer recently impressed upon Beijing the need for it to exercise its profound influence over Iran to tamp down the tensions in the Middle East. But is that in China's interest? 
China would certainly benefit diplomatically if the question of the Palestinian status once again became central to Middle East politics. China has an interest in maintaining instability in the Middle East that benefits it at the expense of the United States and Israel. Russia has an interest in chaos in the Middle East that isolates the United States and Israel and allows it to execute its war of conquest in Ukraine unmolested. The terrorists who are loyal to Iran and are killing Israeli citizens would do the same to Americans. It is a fallacy to assume that we could treat these as separate and distinct conflicts and focus on our priorities at the expense of others. Our enemies are working towards one goal, the establishment of a post-American world. And we've seen a glimpse of what that looks like on the battlefields of Ukraine and in southern Israel this weekend. It is a brutal, terrible place, defined by rape as a weapon of war, the execution of civilians summarily, and the ethnic cleansing of territories coveted by foreign lands. It is our duty to preserve the American-led order that our parents and grandparents bequeathed to us so that we may gift it to our children, a world that is dominated by Russia, by China, by Iran, by the terrorist groups Hamas and Hezbollah and others, will be a terrible place. These are serious times. They demand serious leadership. Politics is not a sport or a source of amusement. And while we've treated it that way for a long time, the events in Gaza should disabuse us of that notion. The world is a dangerous place and it's becoming more dangerous by the day. It's time for us to sober up. The first step we can take towards treating these challenges seriously would be electing serious political leaders. Serious political leaders, not the clowns we have right now. I want to leave you with two questions that uh, Mark Levin asked the other day. You know, you look at the uh, Palestinian, pro-Palestinian uh, rallies in the United States, you hear them chanting what? Hitler was right. Kill the Jews. This is the kind of, this is, these are the kind of people that are saying they're pro-Palestinian. Here's the two questions that he asks. First of all, where is the, where would I find the office, all right, that has the name on it, Palestinians for Israel? That's a serious question. Ask it of yourself. Ask it of those that you know. Ask it of those that disagree with you on this whole matter. Just, just, just point me in the right direction. Find me the, I don't know, the website, the phone number, the address. Where's the office of Palestinians for Israel? Where is it? I've never heard of it, have you? I haven't seen any evidence for it. But just, where is it? Oh, well, we want to separate, you know, the peace-loving Palestinians from the terrorists. Okay, well, show me, show me how. Show me how do I, how do you identify who speaks up for the peace-loving, uh, Israel-loving uh, 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 Palestinians that really, truly want peace? The office. Where's the office? Palestinians for Israel. Question number two. Name just one top Palestinian leader in the Middle East. Understand what I'm asking. Look at that region. That's where the where trouble is brewing, right? Where is it more than brewing? Oh, it's overflowed. It's exploded. Where just one top Palestinian leader who speaks up for true peace with Israel. I just want to hear one name. Let's get some help here. we got a big audience here. You also know a lot of people that are not watching right now, but with whom you're having conversations. Just to give, 
Just have them give you the name. You don't have to know anything about the person or to give me any of his speeches or whatnot. But a, 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 a Palestinian leader who is advocating for true peace with Israel. Then when you have peace with another state or another group of people, it means that you, you want what's good for them. You want them to live and to thrive and to coexist with you peacefully. Israel has never started a war. Let me say that again. Israel has never started a war. They're not the ones that are to be upbraided here, lectured to, warned. It's these religious haters, Hamas, who govern the, govern the Palestinians. These are the ones that are causing the trouble. Just name where one leader, one one top Palestinian leader in the Middle East, calling for true peace with Israel. Those are the two questions, friends. And you know, help me out here, help me out, and have your friends help you too. Those who think they know what they're talking about when it comes to this stuff, please. Let's just pray as we prayed at the beginning, just for some wisdom. As we, as we heard from the Lord's uh, words in the Gospel of Luke here, just for the, you know, instead of being naive and, 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 and thinking we know our enemy, really taking the time and trouble to know the situation and know our enemy, um, our lives kind of depend on it. All right, so we have a little bit more time here that uh, I just want to uh, raise one other point with you. Um, switching gears here. To our presidential election. Uh, you have heard and we've discussed before about the misguided and ultimately doomed to failure effort of some on the left to actually to disqualify President Trump from the ballot. They're using a, a, a section of the 14th Amendment that say, says that those who have engaged in insurrection uh, cannot uh, run for public office. Now, uh, this was this was of course in the run up to the uh, uh, the follow up to the Civil War, and uh, that those who had fought against uh, uh, the, the the country would be barred from holding office in the country makes sense, but it doesn't make sense in our current circumstances, and it doesn't make sense if if applied to the president of the United States. But various states, you know, where people are, I mean, it's a big country, so you got a lot of room for people who are just. Uh, uh, deluded and uh, who want to twist and, and morph and uh, disfigure the Constitution to meet their political ideologies. Uh, so you got this judge in Colorado now who's seriously considering a case uh, in, 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 um, in regard to this, uh, keeping President Trump off the ballot because he, he, the judge wants to look at, you know, what does insurrection mean under the 14th Amendment. Very interesting, you know, with all the, what is it, 91 charges uh, brought against uh, President Trump with four indictments, including uh, uh, regarding the events of January 6th that so many people on the deluded uh, lunatic left call an insurrection, uh, hasn't been charged with insurrection. Isn't that interesting? It hasn't even been charged with it yet because, because it's a ridiculous charge. And yet now you got a judge looking at, oh, well, what is the meaning of insurrection in the 14th Amendment? Maybe we, maybe President Trump should be disqualified by uh, 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 this. Now, 
President Trump's attorneys dispute that this has anything to do with efforts to undo election results, or more accurately, to clarify what the real election results actually were. Anybody has the right in America, and the Democrats have exercised this right many times, to object to the outcome of an election or to call for a, a, a serious look at whether the election was conducted fairly. That's also our right. And his attorneys also point out that uh, uh, to uh, enforce a requirement of the 14th Amendment actually requires an act of Congress. Um, now, if indeed the other side makes their case and proves their case that this provision of the Constitution can apply, this exclusion from public office can apply to President Trump simply because he engaged in this uh, act of free speech to disagree with the validity of a vote tally and call together peace, people to peacefully and patriotically make their uh, grievances known. My point here is it would prove too much. In other words, the left is, you know, deranged with the Trump derangement syndrome, and they're only focused on one goal, keep President Trump out of office. And as a way towards doing that, keep him off the ballot. But brothers and sisters, if they were to succeed in doing that, it proves too much. Because now it opens the door to bringing this kind of charge against countless elected officials at every level of government, anytime they voice an opinion, not only about the outcome of an election, but about any matter that might cause people to get emotional or come together in a, in a gathering, which although it may be gathered as a peaceful rally, some people break out into violence. And then all of a sudden, every elected official is going to be faced with this or could be faced with this charge of, oh, well, you can't run for public office anymore. It's going to be a, a, used as a battering ram in the political arena, back and forth and back and forth. We end up crossing a line. And this is just one of many lines that we are currently in the process of crossing in our American political life. When we start weaponizing the provisions of the Constitution, we start weaponizing the mechanisms of justice, the courts, the prosecutors, and laws that are being twisted beyond all recognition and applied to things they were never intended to apply to. Uh, they would prove too much and put every elected official now in danger. And therefore, if, if they realize that danger, then they end up walking on eggshells in terms of what they say and what they do. They already walk on enough eggshells just being concerned about getting votes and keeping votes. If they have to be concerned about prosecution as well or being disbarred from running for office just because somebody else slaps the word insurrection on something that they do or the results of something that they do that actually is the doing of somebody else, this is an untenable situation. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. I, I'm, I'm confident that these, uh, these legal maneuvers will, will result in nothing. Uh, the other, it's just another example of the other side twisting the law and the Constitution into a pretzel uh, for their own misguided uh, 
misguided efforts. And uh, just take that medicine, friends, the anti, you've seen the pills, the, the anti-Trump derangement syndrome uh, medication. It's been, um, it's been selling pretty well. It, it, it seems to have a very good effect. And uh, it's needed by a lot of our fellow citizens. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we come to you deep and love for our country, concern with what the left is doing to destroy our country. And we ask you, Lord, that there be wisdom granted to our fellow citizens to look beyond any immediate objectives they might have, even those who are misguided, Lord, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit to them as well and help them to see beyond their own bubble of, of hatred or anti-Trump sentiment and see instead what is good and what is not good for our entire nation moving forward as a constitutional republic, as a land where we truly have free elections and free speech, where people can criticize what they want to criticize, where the government is never above criticism and never a tool to squash criticism. This is why our founders gave us our Bill of Rights. Lord God, preserve us in this freedom and preserve in us an understanding of this freedom. We pray now for our nation and for the needs of all who are listening now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, friends, you heard the message tonight. Pass it along and challenge our fellow citizens that you're in contact with. Don't be naive. And one little other thing I would add to that. Don't dress up and disguise your naivete in spiritual language spiritual and moral language that just 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 uh, dresses up a totally uh, uninformed and naive uh, view towards what we are dealing with in the hatred of uh, the uh, Hamas and 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 the the, the people that they are uh, whipping up into a frenzy and have been doing so for decades with hatred for everybody that is not of their particular, belief. This is um, this is this has got to be brought to an end. Let's continue praying and working together to enlighten our fellow citizens. And uh, oh, it, one other question you could add to this. Where is uh, the, any kind of Democrat leader? I'll add this as a third question. Where is any kind of Democrat leader condemning the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party? Another interesting thing to think about, and we'll talk about that more in programs to come. God bless you. Stay well. Talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priests for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. Hello, 
I'm Evangelist Alveda King with Priest for Life. The great issues of social justice, civil rights, and pro-life in our nation have made progress when citizens take their convictions into the voting booth. It's not enough simply to believe or speak about what is right. We have to elect lawmakers who will pass the right laws. As my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the law can't make my brother love me, but it can stop him from lynching me. Making laws and changing hearts go hand in hand. When people's hearts and minds are changed, they will elect people who will change laws and court decisions. So dear friends, if you're not yet registered to vote, please register today. And when you do go into that polling place, please vote pro-life. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.